Mr. Announcer, I'm gonna get you a name. I don't want to give you something boring like Steve or John. No offense to any of the Steves or the Johns out there, but um, yeah, as you can tell, I got my guitar with me. It's feeding back. And I know you didn't tune in on a Monday on the Eric D. Former Podcast Show just to hear some dude sit here. And speed picking away on his guitar just to show off his licks. You know, I'm not that great. You know, I've been playing for like 35 years, but uh, I feel like I've only been playing for about 10. Now I see these little kids on YouTube, man. Uh, you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go practice my guitar. And then I'll, or, you know, I'll watch some videos on YouTube. And there'll be like this little, I think his name is Taj something. He's like 10 years old and he's just like fucking whales, man. I'm like, okay, time to put my guitar back in the corner and uh, let it collect a little bit more dust. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, that's, but you know what? I mean, that's the beauty of uh, where we're at these days, you know, compared to where I was back when I was playing. Um, you know, I, did, I never had guitar lessons. I never took formal guitar lessons. Uh, my guitar lessons were like my old bass player, my, you know, one of my great friends, uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy would just, you know, he would, uh, he would take lessons out at the local music store and then he would, because uh, I couldn't afford lessons. You know, I was poor. My grandma pretty much raised me and my little brother. Um, in the trailer <laughs> but yeah i couldn't afford guitar lessons so he would actually take lessons and he would come home and show me he would actually take bass guitar lessons but it's kind of almost the same just two strings less right <laughs> no but uh and he would show me what he would learn and, and then we kind of learned together so yeah. but um i can't remember the first song i ever learned i know i um i think my first the first metallica song i ever learned was <laughs> noise is coming from anyway i'm gonna put this guitar down for a little bit and uh maybe i'll bring it back a little bit later in the show but yeah i uh, just want to talk about uh what are we gonna talk about today you know like i said i got some uh i, I got some ideas uh later on in the show i wanted to talk about my record collection a little bit how i kind of got back into collecting records and, and uh you know some of you call it vinyl but i call it records and albums i'm 51 and uh, i still haven't you know, really got into the, the trend of calling it vinyl because I didn't. We'll talk about that later uh, about how where the word vinyl might have come from, come from or whatever. Um, been doing this show for about pff, roughly four weeks now. Maybe this is the fourth episode. Maybe three weeks. I did two episodes in the first week. Uh, how'd you like that last one with the Leonard Cohen from the Dead? I might uh, have to do some more of that. Yeah. Is he a hit? <laughs> Let me know. Hey, I got my Facebook page up. You know, go on Facebook.com. Or, you know, Facebook. Not Facebook.com. But go on Facebook and look up the Eric D. Former Podcast Show. Hit me a like, you know, and uh, leave some feedback. I like a, pay, a review. You know, support uh, local artists and, and talent. And, and, you know, and, uh, and, and if, I, if I get worldwide Mr. Famous, worldwide. Still support me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm looking at okay, so I'm looking at analytics. It's, it's basically what uh, you know, Spotify gives you like a little uh, thing of showing you all your graphs and stuff, like showing you like who listens what, where, when, how. Um, and so they also gave me like um, you know statistics, basically. I'm really bad with explaining this kind of shit, right? Um, but yeah, so I'm looking at like last week's numbers. You know, like 2,600 starts. 
a thousand streams, thousand listeners. But yeah, it ranged from all over the place. You know, like I, the, I guess I got close to 500 people in the United States listening, 100 people in Brazil, got about 94 in Spain, uh, 86 in the United Kingdom, the bloody United Kingdom here. I think I might go on the world tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to take it on the road. Okay. Uh, and I got one person in Morocco, one person in Latvia, one person in Greece, one person in Costa Rica, all that stuff. Okay, but here's the here's the cool thing, is it is it also gives you the ages, the, the how many the people that listen to you, what their age brackets are. I'm the highest rating uh, uh, in, in the ages from 28 to 34, which is not too bad. I mean, I, I guess uh, what are, is that? Con are, are those considered millennials or no? I mean, I know millennials are anyone born after 1986. I'm really bad at that math. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so right up the middle there is the 28 to 34 range. Then it goes 35 to 44, 45 to 59. Um, I got pretty good percentage in the 60 years old to 150 years old. Who the hell is living to be 150 years old? And if you're 150 years old and you actually made it that far and, and you and you're listening to me, <laughs> holy shit! No. But get this: there's also an age bracket, and I'm I, I got three percent of listeners who are from the ages zero to 17. That means there's like some parents out there letting their newborn babies and their little young kids listen to this show with all the cuss words. Like, I say fuck a lot. I noticed in the last episode of playing back and I, and I haven't gotten any complaints yet, but uh, I do say the F word a lot and uh, I'm going to try to fix, fix that. Um, maybe. I don't know. I guess like don't don't make a drinking game out of it. Like, hey, how many times are you going to say fuck it? And, 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 you know, I don't want you guys to pass it out on me or getting, getting sick. Anyway, yeah, so age 0 to 17, 3%. So, uh, like I said, my concern is that there's parents out there letting their kids, uh, newborn babies even. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, if you're in the 45 to 59 bracket, you probably remember this old uh, little thing that used to come on uh, late at night. It'd be all, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Nowadays, it'd be like, yeah, they're listening to the Eric D. Fulmer podcast show. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't have any kids. You know, I'm 51. Uh, I don't know. There's been times where I should have had kids. I could have swore like, oh, that person, you know, or whatever is going to get pregnant. No, but that was way, way back in my Hollywood days. Um, I'm with the love of my life for 10, 11 years, actually. Actually, I think we're going on 12. She's going to kill me for not remembering exactly how many years. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm not alone out there, guys. Uh, when you That little amnesia kind of kicks in when you forget, like, how long you've been with your woman and shit. Um, yeah, Kelly Blue. That's the love of my life. Uh, give her a shout out. Hello, Kelly. I love you. Um, yeah, uh, there's, you know, I'm going to get a little... Uh, open book and personal here uh you know i'm kind of like an open book um but yeah i don't really hold back as far as telling about too much about my personal life part of my personal life is trying to have a kid with kelly uh we tried a few times and uh i just keep shooting blanks you know and i haven't really asked a doctor. How do you have that conversation with your doctor? Like, what do you do? Like, uh, they say, you know, maybe get a, a sperm count or whatever. But, like, uh, how do you even, like, start that conversation? Like, my, my doctor is a female doctor. You know, she's a little Indian lady. and uh, well, She's super cool. But I'll be like, hey, doctor, uh, I need to get my sperm counted. Like, how do I do that? Where do I go? <laughs> I guess I better just Google it. Google is my friend. Or maybe I could ask Alexa. Let me ask Alexa real quick. Let me put on the old here. Alexa, where do I go to get a sperm count? Sorry, I don't know that one. But you're Alexa, you're supposed to know. You can always send feedback through the help and feedback system. Ah, you're no help. Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> that did a lot of good. Anyway, so yeah, so I never had kids. I'm thinking about maybe we always we, we did talk about adopting possibly. Um, my dad was adopted, and so I sometimes think, well, maybe it's supposed to be like full circle to some maybe because my dad was adopted. Maybe that's in my cards is to adopt. 
But where do you even go for that? Where do I go? Where do, who's going to uh, lend their child to me? <laughs> oh, wait. Adopting is not lending a kid out, right? Okay. That's, or that foster. No, that's not even lending, right? See, that's, that's how fucked up I am, man. Maybe I shouldn't have any kids. Maybe I shouldn't even adopt her. Or... Kelly, we're not having any kids, okay? Um, you got your daughter? I think that's good enough for right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that sounded kind of crude, right? I just, I should know this kind of stuff, you know, like, what the fuck did I learn in school, you know, um, I don't know, well, I graduated on time, you know, went to Outwater High in Outwater, California, uh, I want to give a shout out to my old school, the Outwater Falcons, <laughs> my, my diploma is actually still in the office, I never got it, uh, I never got it, like, I did the ceremony, got the gown, you know, I had pictures with my hair all freaking, I just... You know, I had just joined a band at that time, and my hair grew out, and I, I looked like a freaking Chewbacca with a with a big old freaking massive curly hair, like, you know, dyed partly black. You know, I got my cap and gown on and shit. Yeah, so I did the whole ceremony, and then that little thing they give you, that little, like, uh, booklet-looking thing that they hand you or whatever, I thought that was my diploma. Like, I didn't think it was, I didn't know it was, like, an actual, like, a piece of paper. I thought that was, like, considered the diploma right there. That's how stupid I am. <laughs> For years, man. So, like, because I mostly worked jobs where, like, they didn't ask for a diploma. Like, I worked a lot of telemarketing jobs. And, like, as long as you could read a pitch and you can close deals or sell over the phone and you don't mind being told no left and right, then you got a job. You know, they don't give a fuck if you had a diploma, if you've been to prison or, or whatever. As long as you didn't rape anybody or molest any kids, then you got a job, you know. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah. So, I called my school one day and... They say, yeah, your diploma's still here. You just got to come and pick it up. And, and uh, I think I asked them if they would mail it to me, and they wouldn't mail it for some reason. I was like, yeah, that must have been like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, so it's still there probably. <laughs> My diploma collected dust. It's probably eating, or it's probably like eating away or disintegrated by now. Um, yeah, so what did I learn in school? I don't know. I got out with the skin of, skin of my teeth. I, I graduated with a C average maybe. Um I was mostly, I was just interested in art, art and music, and that's it, you know, I think all the other stuff, it just, in history, I like history, but except for I just had a really bad history teacher. Matter of fact, I was in history class, so I think I was in my senior year, uh, if I got the, you know, you gotta look it up, gotta Google it, um, what year it was, was um, when the, the Challenger, the shuttle went up and, and, and blew up in, in, in space or whatever. We actually saw it on TV. Like my history teacher brought us, you know, had us in class and brought a TV in there. And it was, we were all set to watch it. We we're like, you're going to watch history in the making. And right there in front of all of us, man, it just shit just blew up. And we were like, oh, fuck. Man. They actually sent the whole school home that day. Um, yeah. Half flags and everything. Fuck, man. It was devastating. But, um, yeah, so... What was your school like? What were you like in school? What was a, a school person of your caliber like? Oh, let me know. Go to my Facebook page and talk to me, people. Let me know if I'm doing right, if I if I should take this podcast and just, like Mr. Wonderful says on the Shark Tank, take it back and shoot it. <laughs> take it in the back and shoot it. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. You know, this is uh, actually helping me. It's therapeutic. You know, uh, I'm by myself right now. My girl's in Canada. She's taking care of some business. Hoping to get her moved back here to Portland, Oregon uh, sometime over the summertime. We're still working on all that. But, yeah, we'll get into that some other time. But, yeah, uh, were you ever bullied? Let's talk about bullying. Um, I have some stories to tell about being bullied. Uh, you know, I know Melania Trump, our first lady, she's got the whole campaign of anti-bullying. At the same time, she got a husband that <laughs> pretty much that's all he does on Twitter this is bully people, but, uh, you know, shit, I ain't going to judge, <laughs> no. but, um, I want to talk about bullying in a, in a sense of like, um, it's nothing to make really make fun of or anything because especially nowadays, I mean, bullying is a whole different ball game. Like now bullying, it's like, it leads to like suicide and all kinds of, uh, just really unfortunate things happen to kids who get bullied. And, and, you know, we have a lot of diversity now as far as, Kids that go to school, especially, uh, you know, a little bit more open with their sexuality. Kids just come out uh, and, and gay or, or, or trans transgender or, or uh, is it, what's the other one? Trans neutral or, or 
Gender neutral. Damn. Get it right, Eric. You're supposed to be a diverse city. You're supposed to have a cultural differences degree. Remember, like, what you studied in school? But, yeah. But all I'm saying is, compared to when I was in school, it's a lot more diverse. And there's a lot more meaner kids out there picking on other kids uh, for being who they want to be and who they feel they need to be and, and just who they are as people. And, and some some of the kids uh, take that shit to heart. And, they, and you know, a lot of the mental illness thing that's out there. Um, you don't know who you're messing with nowadays. I mean, you say one thing to someone and you think you're being funny and goofy and this and that. But, I mean, you don't know what that kid's struggle is. You know, you don't know what private hell that kid is living in, you know, or what kind of what the home life is like or anything like that. And then next thing you know, you read about the next day and, and little Billy uh, shot himself, you know, and then they look at his Internet history and see that he was being bullied and, and you know, cyber bullied and everything else. So be careful out there, people, and uh, be mindful. Just just be kind. Be kind to one another. This world would be so much better if we just wake up. If our if we everybody, if every 7.5 billion people, including all the terrorists and all the dictators and all the, the, the serial killers and the and, the, and the, just the complete assholes of the world, if we just all woke up in the morning and just said, you know what? Today's going to be a great day and I'm not going to be an asshole today. And then just live your life, man. Leave people alone. Let people live their lives. If people ain't hurting you, then leave them alone. I'm here all these people like dogging on transgenders and this and that. Like, uh, no, no, they, they shouldn't be in the bathroom. Blah, blah, blah. It's like if they're not hurting you personally or nothing, there's no one. They're, they're not out to like molest your kids, man. <laughs> it's like if they were going to do that, they would have done that a long time ago. They, they would have been doing it. it, it when you hear about child molesters or people attacked in bathrooms, you rarely hear about it being from a, a gay person or a transgender. It's mostly your regular, every Joe Blow that, that lives next door or whatever. So don't give me that bullshit. But anyway, back to bullying. Sorry, I don't want to get off topic here. Um, I was bullied in school. Uh, seventh and eighth grade mostly. Maybe even sixth grade. Yeah, about sixth grade. I remember the, the worst school I ever went to was in Fremont, California. We moved there. And I just gotten into that school, and I usually when I was in school, I always even before that before that school, I always got along with kids. I, you know, I was like I said, I got picked on here and there, but you know, I just I goofed around with kids and got in a little bit of typical adolescent trouble and stuff like that. But I mean, nothing major. But um, I was honorary at times, but I was also just a daydreamer. I, I loved Star Wars and toys and and and, and cartoons, drawing and and, this, and and everything a kid would love. When I got into sixth grade, though, kids there were just mean to me, man. I mean, I could, I just kept, pick, I just kept getting in fights with kids, and even in the, in the apartment complex that we lived in, I just couldn't get along with anybody. And uh, yeah, so I got out of there. But then when I moved to Atwater, back to Atwater, California, to live with my grandmother, me and my little brother, um, things were okay in the fifth grade, sixth grade um, there, because that's where I, you know, I was in sixth grade and. Fremont and went back to Atwater and finished my sixth grade there. Um, seventh and eighth was the hard, uh, hard years for me. There was this kid named Marty, and he had a friend named Dave. And this Dave guy was, he was kind of like a tall, redheaded dude, kind of into punk music, or whatever. He was like a punker. Um, we're talking like, you know, 1980, 81. Um, so around that time, you had music like Devo and the Whippy, Tubes and all, all these kind of bands, you know. Whereas me, I didn't discover heavy metal at that time. You know, I think I, ACDC was probably the heaviest thing I've heard. Uh, maybe Judas Priest, if I can't remember if that's when I got the Screen, screen for Vengeance tape and the, when you get the 12, 12 cassettes for a penny. And I, that was one of my tapes I got. Because I used to just buy tapes based on the album cover, how cool it looked. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so he was into that stuff, and, and you know he wore the checkered vans, and he always had a mohawk. But the guy Marty, you know, he was he was the the one who was mostly bullying me. So we we had a, a class called wood shop or metal shop. Metal shop. Um, maybe they still have it in schools now. So it's a big old giant classroom, a uh, bunch of different tables, uh, big tables, maybe four or five people sit at each table. Our table was kind of more in the back. And if I remember correctly, I hardly ever saw our teacher. Like, I don't even remember our teacher ever lecturing us or giving us assignments. All I remember is, is it was me, Marty, and this guy, Dave, on this one table in the back, kind of uh, skewered away from from the teacher or whatever. And did I use the right word, skewered? <laughs> uh, J.D. Harmeyer here from the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, and then on the side of these tables, there was a, a vice, 
like a vice grip or whatever. It's, it's a vice. It was it was like you know bolted onto the table. You know, it's used for like when you put a block of wood in there for when you're working on a project, whatever you're making. You put that block of wood in, and then you you know do whatever you're gonna do with it. What he would do is he would put my wrist in it, and he would put a block of wood on top of my wrist, and he had a file, and he would make me put my wrist in there. You know, and um, and I was terrified. You know, like, I mean, if I didn't, I was, he's gonna kick my ass. You know, after class, and you know, all this, you know the typical shit that a bully would tell you just to, to scare you and freak you out. So, and every day he would just file away little bit by little. You know, him and his buddy cracking jokes, just acting like they're not even doing nothing, no big deal. And I'm sitting there just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, this is funny, guys. When are you gonna, when are you gonna stop? Oh, but they wouldn't stop. And here's the, here's the thing. So. You know, nowadays you got kids that deal drugs in school, like pot or whatever. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, but you know what you do. Anyway, back uh, back when I was in school in 1881 and 7th and 8th grade, we had the bubblegum wars, the bubblegum gangs, you know. Seriously, this is what really went on. Kids would buy packs of bubblegum. Like, you had your, bubble, you had your Hubba Bubba and your Bubblelicious brand. You had your kids that would sell Hubba Bubba in their territory of the school and then you had the kids that would sell bubblelicious in their territory of the school. And if you I swear to God, if you were caught in another person's uh, turf, if you were caught if you're hubba bubba and you're caught in the bubblelicious turf selling your shit, yeah, you got whooped on, man. Um how I know that? Based on experience. I was selling hubba bubba in the wrong area. <laughs> like and I got whooped on. Um Yeah, so Marty would always have me bring him a pack of gum every day in order for me to like not have my wrist filed in in the vice. Hey Tamron, I'm telling the story here. Huh? Yeah, that's my cat. I couldn't bring him gum every day cuz like I was a kind of dealer that would chew my own supply, <laughs> chew it all up. Um but yeah, and then you know, like I said, so even if I brought him gum, he was still putting my hand and or my wrist in in the vice no matter what. So it was either it was a it was a lose-lose situation for me no matter what. Uh, I couldn't win from losing, basically. And so, yeah, so every day he'd put my uh, wrist in this vice and file away and laugh and do what he did. And this went on for about maybe two, three weeks. Okay, and then there was one day, and I swear to God, man, this was like the scariest. When I think about this time, despite, I always think about this as the scariest time of my life. On the news, before I went to school in the morning, it was on the news about something about the planets were supposed to align. And it was supposed to be the first time they were supposed to be in some kind of alignment. They're all supposed to line up in a certain position or something like that. And it was the first time it has done it in like 100,000 years or something. I think it was the first time it was like, that's what caused the Ice Age. From I don't know. I'm just going by from what I remember as a kid, like that hearing that. And um, so and it was supposed to happen on that day at noon, like noon our time in West Coast time. And so I'm just I'm going to school, and you know, like and that class was like around eleven o'clock, you know, and this thing is supposed to happen at noon. So I'm just like terrified the whole time, mouth dry, you know, doing this shit, you know, talking and shaking and stuff when I talk, and just you know, my friends were trying to get my attention. I'm just kind of in a whole other fucking world. I'm just picturing the the world ending and stuff. And so, yeah, they say that once the planets align, it's supposed to cause all this mass destruction all over the world, like, you know, hurricanes and earthquakes and just all kinds of natural disasters. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I get the wood shop or metal shop or whatever, same old routine. Couldn't bring him gum. Or I think might've even brought him some gum, but no matter what, he put my wrist in the vice. And, and at this time, at this point, the, the block of wood was, you know, to the point where it was just a really thin layer, and like, and when he was filing, you can you could feel the warmth of the file uh, going against my wrist, and so it was just a matter of time before that shit just got into my wrist, and, and then he just would, I guess I was his intention to go ahead and file all the way through my skin, and, and fuck man, that would have squirt blood all over the place, and he would have got a murder charge. But anyway, <laughs> so before it got to that point, anyway, so I'm looking at the clock the whole time. I'm not even thinking about Marty and his buddy Dave laughing and goofing around and, and, and filing my wrist. I'm just looking at that clock, man. And if you remember that 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 old movie, this movie came out afterwards, but uh, called Three O'clock High, about that kid. It was like he had to meet that bully out in the parking lot, like he did something or whatever, and like that. He told him to meet him out in the parking lot at three o'clock after school, and so the whole time he's just looking at the clock and sweating and doing everything he can to stall and come up with whatever he, plan he had to, to avoid you know having to fight this big old giant massive fucking Hulk of a dude and get pretty much pulverized. Yeah, so that was me. Yes, Tamron. Um, that was me looking at the clock, sweating. 
beads of sweat, mouth dry, like that shit. I'm like, come on, man. And I'm, and I'm telling Marty, come on, did you hear all the news, man? The world's supposed to end at noon. Come on, I don't want to die like this. I don't want to die like this. And he's just laughing at me, man. He's just fucking like, oh, dude. Like, oh, yeah, that's I remember he was doing it. Like, We're going to die. We're all going to die. And he's just like, just totally just adding fuel to the fucking fear, the fire that's in me. And, um, yeah, so it's two minutes to noon. I want to say two minutes to midnight, but, you know, two minutes to noon. And it's like... Twelve noon hits, and guess what? We're still alive. I'm looking around. And it's like everyone's still doing their thing in class. No one's even. I think I was. I like the only one that thought this was gonna happen. Was I the only one that saw this on the news or whatever? Because everyone's acting like like it's no big deal. Marty's just sitting there filing away, looking all fucking laughing at me and stuff like that. See all the, the sweat dripping off my head. And at that time, at that point, I did not give a fuck man, about Marty. I didn't give a fuck about Dave. I didn't give a, I didn't care if he had, if he had cut off my wrists at that time <laughs> or whatever, man. All I knew was that the world didn't end. We're still here. And fuck yeah, it was just a great time to be alive, even though I was being tortured to death. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. Uh, I want to know about your stories. If you were bullied, and how did you handle it? Um, are you being bullied now? Um, do you know what to do if you are? Do you know who to talk to, who to reach out to? Um, I'll try to get some numbers up after the show, uh, the hotlines or whatever. Because um, I'm really passionate about um, that kind of stuff. People making sure people have the resources to things that they need, you know, and because uh, we're in a day and age now where like the internet is right there and you, you know there's no more like well, I can't find where to go what to do you know the internet man it's like it's chock full of all the resources you need Your the whole world is like a fingertip is at your fingertips and uh, I just would totally encourage you to reach out to someone and and, and talk to them and uh, I know it could be tricky though because you're you know you're scared and that's the biggest thing is fear, fear of consequences. You know, well, what happens if I tell so-and-so it's going to be worse? You know, or they told me that if I did tell, uh, they were going to do this or do that, you know. But just know this, you don't, it's not your fault what's happening to you. It's not your fault. It's that idiot's fault. That they're the ones making the choice to do what they're doing and doing what they're doing to you. And uh, it's not your fault. And uh, you don't have to stand for it anymore. Get out there and stand up. And fight. Let me try that again. Stand up and fight, motherfuckers! <laughs> I want to I talk about <laughs> something before I get to my record collection. We're gonna trust me. We're gonna talk music in a little bit. Uh, I just want to get this off my chest. It's about uh, what's dividing the nation? What's dividing the country? What is really dividing the country? Dividing the country. You know, whether you think it's Obama or, or when it was when Obama was president, you know, people say, oh, he's the one who divided the country or, or right now, like Trump is dividing the nation. He's tearing us apart. <laughs> well, you know what? I know what's really what it really comes down to is at the checkout in your local grocery store. Yes, it's those damn little dividers. <laughs> the grocery lane divider. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Uh I was at the grocery store the other night, and uh, you know I'm in line, and and I thought about this before. I just didn't have any outlet to be able to like talk about it or you know joke about it or whatever. It's those little dividers, man. It's so funny if you stand in line long enough, like I have many times, and like I did the other night. Um, it was a long line, and uh, if you just observe people, their behavior, you could you could definitely see some really odd behavior um, related to these little divider things that the you know the cashier just slides down, and people just wait for is like divide their stuff and make sure that you don't touch their shit they don't touch yours and blah 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 um but yeah so i got this guy in front of me and uh you know i'm kind of observing him and stuff and it's just you can just see on his face he's, he's sitting there looking at the cashier just like it's almost like he's salivating just waiting for him to slide that little sucker down so he can claim his spot you know so that he can make sure that when i put my stuff down that I put it down and it doesn't touch his or doesn't get mixed up, you know. Oh, my God. Imagine the atrocity of if our stuff got mixed up, you know. And, of course, I got to – always got to do this every time you – it's it's I guess it's a way of, like, 
be able to show your gratitude because when they put that little divider down, you got to say, thanks, man. Thank you. I don't know what it is, man. <laughs> but you're just compelled to, to just say, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for saving a fucking grocery store. Thank you for saving the world with that little divider. <laughs> but yeah, you, you put that little thing down and claims a spot. And, you know, it's like, God forbid if you actually bought my Ben and Jerry's. And that's another thing, too. It, it creates, it makes a uh, comedian out of people. Yeah. Like a check, check out, uh, what's it called? It would be checkout humor. <laughs> Grocery store humor. You know, someone puts a slider down or, or yeah, I've, I've seen this before and you probably have too. You can probably relate to it. Um, where sometimes someone's stuff is like crossed over the, the divider and into the other person's stuff. And then they always got to make a joke like, <laughs> oh, you're going to pay for that for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You almost bought my tampons. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, man. Anyway, yeah, that's some crazy shit. Um, I just had to talk about that. I was just, like I said, I was at the grocery store the other night. And, uh, yeah, this guy, he just like, man, he looked like he was like, he just couldn't wait for that divider to come sliding down, you know, salivating. Um, but another thing, too, uh, talk about Safeway. The other, the last episode, I kind of ripped it hard on the Oregon drivers. Oregon. It's Oregon, not Oregon. I was saying Oregon drivers, but that's just my crazy speech impediment. If you haven't noticed by now, I don't really talk very clear and I stumble a lot in the blah, 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 but I'm doing this podcast anyway. Fuck it. It's free. You're not paying for it, motherfuckers. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, going to Safeway and it's like the way people drive. And I'm not done with the Oregon drivers. You know, I might even do a whole freaking two hour episode just ripping you guys to shreds, man, on the way you fuckers drive out there, you know. From pedestrian to, to, to you drivers, it'll be like my own personal little note to y'all to fucking just learn how to drive. Anyway, so yeah, going to the grocery store, it's like playing fucking Frogger in the gro- in, in the parking lot in the, or in the parking area, you know? It's a, it's a huge lot, but cars drive uh, like they're on the freeway there. And it's like every time I go into the grocery store, it's like, it's like playing Frogger. Remember the game Frogger? Do I have a, a remember the uh, the audience I was talking about earlier, like uh, the 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 brackets? So if you're in the forty five to fifty nine bracket, you, I'm sure you remember Frogger. If you're in the zero to seventeen <laughs> bracket, you're not gonna remember Frogger. You're not even gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, um, grocery store dividers and cars driving like maniacs in the parking lot of Safeway. Man, got that off my chest. Now, let's talk about music. Yeah! Remember? Remember when I said we are going to talk a little bit about music? About my record collection. What I have in my record collection. Now that I'm back into collecting vinyl, let me put this a little... Axe away. My Dean guitar. Uh, vinyl. Remember I said earlier I was kind of always trying to refrain from calling it vinyl because I always thought that was kind of like a, a trendy word or I didn't even know where it came from. Uh, I was going to Wikipedia, but uh, I don't really feel like doing that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I always thought it was a hipster thing. You know, like hipsters, they like everything obscure and everything vintage, man. And I think vinyl's like the original, uh, you know, what that's what records and, and albums are, man. They've been called vinyl since they've been invented. Um, but no, I just, I'm 51 and I still call them records and albums and, you know, so. Um, but yeah, you know, as a teenager, I had them. I had records and uh, had a little bit of collection, you know, in my mid-20s, 30s and whatever. Due to my addiction, I also um, got um, lost them all. I lost everything. Kids, don't drink, don't do drugs, or you'll lose all your records. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but then last year I got back into it. I'll tell you how. Um, I was doing. I did a favor for a friend. Uh, did some. Uh, it's cool for him, I guess. Whatever. Um, and I guess to show his appreciation, he, out of his own collection, brought me a KISS record. KISS, rock and roll over. And I was like, and it was the original pressing, too. I was like, holy shit, cool, man, thanks, dude. Um, but guess what, I don't got a record player. <laughs> 
But that gave me a reason to go buy one because I was always thinking about getting one. I always thought about getting back into it. I just never did. But him bringing me that Kiss record, man, gave me an excuse to spend a little bit of money and get a record player. Good thing we have Amazon Prime, free shipping. So I went on Amazon and I was able to find a, a Victor Rolla. And it even comes with a cassette player. Uh, if I ever want to get back into cassettes, which I probably never will because I think cassettes are the worst thing that ever happened in music uh, when cassettes came out. I don't even know what the fuck those even existed. I mean, it's so good for recording your weddings and shit like that or whatever you want to record. But to actually put an album out on a fucking cassette, you know, not knowing if you're going to get something that's going to be all wrinkled up and shit or sound all fading in, fading out, bullshit. Because that's happened to me. Anyway, so... Yeah, this record player's got that. It's got a CD deck on it. So I got a few CDs in my collection. But, yeah, so I get this record player, and it ignited that passion again to, to really just get into music. I mean, I never lost the passion. I've been listening to a lot of music on the Amazon Unlimited, you know, digital and shit. But there's nothing like getting a record and hold it in your hand and, you know, open up the gatefold. If some of them have the gatefold or whatever, open it up, and there's a poster in some of them lyrics, artwork, just right there in your face and, and then, you know, putting a needle on and just hearing that little little bit in there, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just awesome. So I just, so then I've just been buying records ever since. Ever since. And I, you know, realized that, wow, even new bands and just bands that I like, uh, they just, when they put out a new album, they put out vinyl as well. And, uh, and, and I think, I guess apparently vinyl's like a normal way to buy music now. Um, in addition to like people that download into their iPods or whatever they do. I'm sounding really dated, huh? iPods. Do people still use iPods? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's how I got back into it. And the funny thing is too, so this guy gives me a Kiss record. It's the first Kiss Kiss album. You know, this, it's the first record to get me back into getting records. But guess what? My first record as a kid was Kiss's first album. Um, yeah, man. It was like, well, let's see if I can play a little bit of Kiss on my record player here. This is a, from this is from Kiss Alive. Probably sounds like shit, you know. But that's from my record player. The fire coming from Ace Freely. Yeah. Can't play too much because I don't want Gene Simmons hearing this and you know how he is with those fucking lawsuits and shit. <laughs> don't sue me, Gene. I have to dig up my Johnny Cochran from the grave. Uh, yeah, so Kiss was the first album that I ever had as a kid. My mom, I guess, she was, uh, I think she got it at Kmart probably. That's where, you know, back in the 70s or whatever, that's where everyone shopped for shit. Kmart. Kmart. <laughs> anyway, so she uh, brings it home. Blue light and, special. Uh, She's like, Eric, I got this record for you. It's clowns playing rock and roll music. Like, I guess she thought it was like a kid's record. Like, she didn't know it was actually like, had songs like Strutter. It was like, you know, was it, I think that song was about a hooker or something. Um, but at that time, I didn't know. Like, I didn't, I just looked at it and I was like, I thought, oh, this is neat. But I, I don't even think I even know how to work a record player. I was just so interested in my toys, you know, like my Star Wars toys, the Planet of the Apes, you know. You know, find out later on, Kiss first album came out in '74, but this must have been around '77, '78 when I got this. Um, so it was out for a few years, but yeah, I just I just tossed it aside, collected dust. My little brother probably don't even remember it because he probably never even saw it because he was out running around playing with toys too. Like you know, none of us. We, I just wasn't really into music. Uh, music to me was just like something that just passed by my ears and boom. All I wanted to do was play with toys. So. Yeah, so my first, but in in retrospect, my first album I ever got was Kiss, and then my new album, uh, my new collection started with the Kiss album, so yeah, that's where I was going with that. Um, later on, I did actually, maybe about a year after I got that from my mom, I did actually end up getting the Kiss from the Kiss cards. Um, I don't know how I started obtaining them. There's times where me and my little brother would go to the store and put po uh, Kiss cards and, and Star Wars cards in our pockets, and... Oh yes, we shoplifted as kids. We were poor. We didn't have a whole lot of we didn't have uh, a whole lot of money, and so um, I guess we just kind of use that as an excuse to shoplift uh, cards, Star Wars toys, or Star Wars cards, uh, kiss cards, and whatever. But um, yeah, but funny is the funny thing is I used to have a crush on Ace Frilly. 
you know, I'm a little kid, and um, I didn't know Ace Frehley was a, a guy. I thought it was a girl, because, and I would, so I would tack up the kiss cards on my wall, and um, I would just sit there and stare at Ace Frehley. I just remember, I can still remember it as clear as day that I would just look at Ace Frehley. Oh, she's so pretty. I wish I could marry her someday. Then I'd be like tilting my head, trying to look up his outfit, you know, trying to see if I could see something. I don't know. I'm eight years old. Here I am trying to have sex with a freaking picture on my wall of <laughs> Ace Frilly, who I thought was a woman and a very attractive woman. Uh, yeah, eight years old having those kind of feelings. Uh, I know I'm not gay, but uh, I guess I was gay as a kid, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, but. You know, later on you find out it's a dude and you're like, okay. So let's move on. Oh, why does he want to move on all of a sudden? <laughs> no. Um, you know, we're talking about my records that I have. And uh, I pulled out about four or five of them, uh, of my albums. And uh, maybe I'll do this, you know, not every week, but maybe every once in a while I'll pull out some albums and talk about the music that inspires me and the, what these albums mean to me. And uh, off the top of this little stack here, I got an album by a woman named... Uh, Amelie Braun, but she goes by Miracle. Now, Miracle is, um, if I'm pronouncing it right, M-Y-R-K-U-R. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, go on my Facebook and yap at me over there. Um, she, uh, she's a singer, songwriter, sometimes model, actress. She also used to be in a pop band before she got into the whole black metal scene. Uh, she's from Denmark and she used to be in a pop band called X-Cops, uh, but I didn't know all of this when I first heard her. I did not know. As a matter of fact, when I first heard Mariker or Mayaker, I thought it was a full band. You know, when I was basically, uh, I have Amazon Digital Unlimited, you know, the digital music uh, streaming service. And I would just like, you know, and I still do. I just put a bunch of albums in my playlist and stuff that looks interesting and then you know, I won't listen to them right away, but I just put them there. And in case there's something I just want to listen to that I haven't heard before, um, I, I can just search my little playlist there and pull something up. So I'm walking home from work one of these nights, and it was uh, very cold and very rainy, and I just wanted something new to listen to. And I and I see this band in my playlist called Miracle, and the album is called M. And it just looked very interesting. It had like a, like the cover was just like dark fog, you know, black and white and just... It reminded me of the old Bathory, uh, the second album of his, with just the moon showing. And uh, why can't I think of that name of that album? Anyway, so I put it on, and um, it's, um, it's in my headphones, and it's just like, from the moment I heard it, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking badass. I mean, it actually reminded me of Bathory. Like, uh, it just had a kind of low, kind of real misty, musty production. Uh, sound like it was recorded in a garage a little bit, and then, and then just these strange instruments, you know, blaring, and then it would just get in these really fast blast beat. Then it would get into this really nice, uh, beautiful melodic, uh, sung by a female. Uh, it just really grabbed me, and I was like, "Who the fuck, man? This is a fucking badass band." You know, I'm like, here I am thinking it's, it's a full band, thinking it's all dudes, maybe with a female vocalist as a part of the band or whatever, but not a front person. And um, so anyway, so I get in my house, you know, and um, I go straight to the computer and I get on Wikipedia because that's what I usually do to see what I'm listening to and learn a little bit about the band I'm listening to. And uh, come to find out that Miracle is not a full band. I mean, it is a full band, but it, it's this one woman, Amelie Braun. And uh, so and then I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a second. I read an article on her, like it was on Facebook or whatever, and. I remember reading about her. She's this uh, chick from Denmark, and she's into the into black metal. And I guess a lot of people were giving her a lot of hell about being a female black artist, black metal. And saying that she's a poser, and uh, you know, and, and so she's basically was a uh, kind of speaking out for women in black black metal, and you know, making a statement. And um, and then. Uh, you know, I post some stuff about her on, on Facebook, and I have a few friends. They're like, "Oh, she's a poser, man. She rips off this band called Over." And I'm like, what? "Like, who the fuck is Over?" <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've heard of Over, but uh, Over, U L V E R. And um, you know, I was like, you know, well, okay, if she ripped them off, then why don't you like uh, tell me the song that she ripped off or the music, and show me that video or whatever. Go on YouTube, post it on my wall, or post it in this comments, and then post the song that you think 
Miracle ripped off. And I want to hear them side by side. They can never tell me. I've asked a few people that have brought that shit up. And they could never tell me. It's like, you know, they ripped, she ripped nothing off. She put it, it, and I heard over, I went back and, and I listened to it for myself. I could, I don't know what song that they were talking about, but I just played some over. And yeah, it, it sounds like her music. I mean, it sounds similar. So, to me, it sounds like America is more inspired by them. And maybe that's one of her influences. Um, you know, uh, King Diamond's an influence. Bathory, obviously. She uh, covered a Bathory song on as a bonus track on her, her latest album. So, which brings me to, after discovering America and getting all into her and just being blown away by her music, you know, I went on Amazon, I bought um, her album on vinyl, um, the latest album called Mirrored It, I want to say, if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, then I went and bought all of her albums, actually, on, on vinyl, uh, eventually. got So now I got all of them, even her little seven-inch single called Juniper. That fucking song is badass. So... I encourage you go on YouTube and check out Miracur, M Y R K U R. Um, phenomenal musician. She plays all these really cool instruments that are like old instruments from like the times of Vikings. You know, she's very. She just had a child too, named Otto. <laughs> Cute little baby. I didn't even know she was married and, and had a husband. Um, yeah, she's very. And, I, and I'm really looking forward to her new music and her new album because I, I would almost imagine how inspired she is after having her first child and, and uh, when she's going through all the joys of being a mother for the first time and, and how that's going to carry over to her new music. Um, looking forward to that. But like I was saying, go check out the song called Death of Days. It's a, it's a bonus track from her last album, but to me it's one of the greatest songs ever written. And it's a song that I want played at my funeral. So if you're out there listening, anyone who knows me, my family, blue, love of my life, if I croak, Listen to this podcast, <laughs> you know, it's immortalized that I'm saying, I want Death of Days played at my funeral. You know how everyone's got that song that, hey, what song would you like to have at your funeral if you could? Well, I'm hoping that the funeral doesn't come too soon. Um, and I don't hope my funeral comes very soon, but uh, if it should have uh, come, I want Death of Days to be played because it's such a pretty song. And it's sad and it's, oh, it's just it's uplifting. It gives me chills when I hear it. So, yeah. Miracle. My album, my God. I got all of her albums. So, yeah. So, I'm going to move on to the next album. And that album is The Blue Hour from the band The London Suede. Also known as Suede. How many of you out there know of The London Suede? I bet they're a band that you probably think you've heard of. Or you've heard little bits here and there. They've been around since probably the 90s, early 90s. That's when I first discovered them when they came out with a song called animal nitrate you know they're a pop english pop band you know I, you know i'm a metalhead you know this and that but i also listen to, i listen to all kinds of music everything but country and <laughs> no, i do listen to some country um but um and rap i do like a lot of rap um but um yeah london suede okay biggest influence on my music throughout the years i mean first moving to hollywood first you know and just becoming a singer uh, you know, I've always sang, but I just was never good. And and it was vocalist Brett Anderson of, of London Suede, just hearing his vocal style and, and just the way he projected himself and, and his look and everything. It just, it just inspired me. Like, you know, I remember being in, in rehearsal and, uh, you know, mostly a lot of times our drummer did all the singing. And it was just a lot of times it was just me and him playing, you know, because we were still trying to find other band members um, when we were living in Hollywood. And um, I just remember as we were was jamming i come up with this one riff and and i just started belting out the, the lyrics you know that, that tony had and and i was singing i felt the the spirit of brett anderson in me and i just was belting these these notes out and it's like just i was i just felt a surge of, of fire in me you know and uh, and i think it was honestly it was brett anderson that kicked me into gear to start stepping up a, a, up to the plate as a, as a front man of willowis because like I said, after I heard that Animal Nitrate and got that 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 tape, I got it on cassette, which I hate cassettes, but anyway, um, yeah, it was fucking. Then I then their second album came out, um, and it was called Dog Man Star. I think it's their second album. It might, you know, at that, it was the second album that I ever bought from them, Dog Man Star. <sighs> greatest album, one of the greatest albums ever recorded. I mean, look it up on YouTube or whatever you wherever you stream music at. <clears throat> look up the London Suede Dogman Star and it's just a great album every song is just 
phenomenal. I remember reading a, an interview with them, and they, Brad Anderson and his guitar player, Bernard Butler at the time, they said that they would sit in a room and just listen to, like, massive hits from, like, hit songs from the 60s, the 70s, and they would just analyze, like, you know, the songs from the Beatles, Rolling Stones, and just all these bands that had big, like Elton John, um, Billy Joel, that had all these, like, really massive, like, just real beautiful melodic hits, and they would just kind of study that. They would study, like, the formula, and, and they would just put it in their music, and then added to their life experiences, like him with his, I think he might have had some addiction issues, and, you know, some sexuality issues just whatever he was going through as a front man and and uh he would just put all of that into the music he put himself into the music the whole band did and uh that it just came through and it just was really inspiring to me and it still is to this day they're still like one of my favorite bands of all time i can't get enough of them when i hear them um but this album the blue hour i think it's their best album since dogman star it's very dark it's melodically beautiful at times very disturbing um but the good feeling of disturbance if that makes any sense yeah, get out there and get the London suede, or if you want to call them suede, sometimes they're suede, sometimes they're the London suede. It just depends on what side of the bed they wake up on, I guess. <laughs> but check out the Blue Hour, fucking beautiful album. Get the get the get the vinyl because it's it has a gatefold. It's got lyrics. It's got beautiful art. Don't get a don't get the CD or cassette. Definitely don't get no fucking cassette. Um, get the fucking record. Um, my next album that I have, which I love, another masterpiece for me anyway, is a Japanese band called Dead End. I don't know how many of you remember them or know of them. They weren't as big as Loudness um, or Ezio. Ezio had a pretty big little, uh, pretty big little, uh, pretty big little. What the hell is a pretty big little? Anyway, Ezio wasn't as big as Loudness. Loudness was the biggest Japanese band ever. Dead End came in third, I guess. <laughs> Um, but I discovered them in like around 1987. They came out with a song called Dance Macabre. And the album is called The Ghost of Romance. And uh, just very, I just fell in love with them the first time I, I heard them and saw them. They were metal, but they also had like a tinge of like some, like I guess you could say alternative, almost goth. At the time, I didn't know what goth was. I know goth was around. You know, I find out goth was around in like the 83 when Christian Death was around. And at the, in 83, I think I was listening to freaking... Hauling oats and journey and shit and yeah, uh, like what the fuck? Where was this music at? It, uh, but anyway, so I didn't know about goth at the time. I discovered that in, but that singer looked like a goth singer. I mean, he had like the high hair, uh, lingerie, freaking fishnet gloves, and very flashy and really cool dark makeup. And just his voice was phenomenal. The guitar player just like gives me chills every time I hear that guitar player. Um, just, a, just a great band. I mean, I can't get enough of them either. <laughs> so Shambara is the record I have. Um, I've had this like on CD. I've had it on cassette. I've lost it over the years. I had their first album, uh, Ghost of Romance, uh, lost that. And I'm trying to get that on vinyl again, but it's too expensive. Like even used, I, it's going for like a hundred bucks, but I was, I got lucky and got this, uh, used Shambara album. Um, yeah, and it has, I got it from like some somebody in New York on eBay, and it was like 25 bucks, but I was thinking it was going to be in crappy condition, like the Bark at the Moon record I bought. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, it's perfect. You know, no scratches or nothing. Love it. Get out there and check out Dead End Shambara. And just tell me on Facebook if you are looking these up and, and, and tell me what you think about them. And, and turn me on to some music you're listening to. I want to hear it. I'm very open-minded. Another band I want to pull off my little stack here. And again, I got about 60 records in my collection now. Maybe even 70. Uh, I stopped counting around 60, but I think I have about 70 now. Um, Asagram. Am I saying their name right? A-S-A-G-R-A-U-M. My old drummer, Tony. Turn me on to these girls. All-female black metal band from Sweden and the Netherlands. Um, I think there's two main members. There's a singer who plays guitar as well, and then there's a drummer that you always see on the albums. Um, I think they do all the music. And then I think for live, it seems like they always have like a different bass player and an, an additional guitar player. Cameron, I'm trying to film. <laughs> Not filming, but I'm trying to tape a podcast here. But yeah, yeah. What do you want? That's my cat. 
Cameron. Osagram, all female black metal band. Another band that has that old school black metal Celtic Frost Bathory sound to them. I mean, that's what I fell in love with the first time I heard them. I was like, fuck, yeah, these, these chicks are fucking for real. You know, and they got the corpse paint. Just fucking look them up on YouTube. They got a lot of concert footage on YouTube. Um, just really kick ass. And uh, I think they got a permanent bass player now. Like I follow her on Instagram. I think her name's like Montotero or some some kind of weird name like that. I'll have to look it up. But uh, yeah, the album I got got both of their albums. Uh, just fucking badass. Osagram, check them out. And um, yeah. What is the name of this album? I can't see the writing. I gotta put my glasses on. Hold on. Dawn of Infinite Fire. Yes, that's the album. This is very hard to read, but I gotta I gotta put this light on. Darth Vader. Can you please turn the light on for me? I am not your slave. <laughs> yes, you are. Darth Vader, I'm your father. Pooh. He almost hit me with that lifesaver. Um, yeah, so that, that's all I got right now. I think I'm going to continue this on another podcast. Uh, I'll go through more of my records. Uh, I'm definitely going to get to that list of watching shows, you know, binge-watching shows. I think we got some bingers out there. Uh, I definitely want to talk about that Watchmen series that fucking blew me away this year. Or last year, I mean. God, it's already 2020. It's still 2020. This is the longest fucking month of the year. January it is. It's, it's only the 12th. It's only been 2020 for about two weeks. Not even two weeks. Fuck. <laughs> I'm taping this on the 12th, but you're going to be hearing this on, the on I believe, the 13th uh, on Monday. Because it's Sunday right now. <laughs> but tomorrow's Monday. Shh, don't give away our secrets. We tape on Sunday, and we air it on Monday. Earlier in the show, I talked about bullying, and I did promise to leave some kind of phone number, like a, a hotline uh, at the end of the show. If you are someone out there who's being fucked with and and you just don't know who to talk to, maybe you're afraid to talk to somebody, you know, I'm here to tell you that there is help out there. But unfortunately, I couldn't find an actual hotline for anti-bullying. I mean, like I thought maybe just like there was a suicide hotline and there's a hotline for everything else, um, there's really no one line for bullying i guess but there is a lot of like websites that, that have a bunch of advice on how to deal with it how to report it without you know worrying about if you're gonna get killed or you know fear for your life and uh you know the safe ways of reporting uh what's going on uh so i encourage you to get on the internet and google that or you know you can also reach out to me on facebook you know message me and talk to me um, even though I'm just a drug and alcohol counselor, but I'm also a very good listener. And if I can help with any kind of advice, if I can help in any way, I'm going to do my damnedest to do so because that's just who I am. And, uh, I care, you know, even if I don't know you, even if I never met you in my life, I still care about you. And I just want everybody to just be kind to each other. You know, it's a big fucking planet we're on. We're all stuck here on this planet together. I know you've heard that probably a million times. It sounds like a cliche. But it's the truth. There are some cliches that are just the truth. We're all stuck on this big blue planet. But are we really stuck? That's another show we'll talk about. Uh, that on another show. But in the meantime, I do want to thank everybody for hanging out with me for this hour. You know, it's almost been an hour. I do want to keep this show about an hour. I would like to maybe eventually one day get into the Joe Rogan world of two-hour shows, but then i got to start inviting guests and, and all that stuff. I do have some guests in mind uh, for future shows. I just, I'm still working on the technology part to make it sound good, you know, having guests on long distance. Uh, but I do have a few lined up and in mind and are willing to come on and shoot the shit with me. And, you know, I gotta, I'm also going to do a special... Addiction from addiction to recovery special. I think I might make that a two-hour special um, Look out for that, but you can look out for the Eric D. Former podcast show every Monday I'm gonna leave you with a goodbye song that I I think I'm gonna make this like the staple goodbye song I have my intro song. I think I'll make this the goodbye Song of the show. So it goes something like this Bye 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 bye
wonderful ride. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. It's been a wonderful ride, riding with you. Bye bye bye. Well, that's our show. You've heard of the horse with no name. I'm in Elster with no name. <laughs> I'm still crying about it. Pull it together, man. Well, until next time, come back here next Monday for an all-new episode of the Eric D. Fulmer Podcast Show.